God bless you and welcome to Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church broadcast. We appreciate and welcome all of you, our listeners around the world. Stay tuned to hear an exciting word from pastor teacher, Dr. James Sutton. All right, Sister Jackie, go ahead. Heavenly Father, we certainly thank you for the opportunity to come before you this morning. Lord, although we come, some some of us, with heavy hearts, Father, we know that you are a lifter of those heavy hearts. Lord, we just thank you for giving us the opportunity to come to study your word. And Lord, we're gonna take, we have to take time out and just say we just bless those people who are helping those that are out there on the front line. Those who have no one to pray for, we lift them up. We lift up nursing homes, Lord God, and we just lift up this whole situation. Father, you have it under control. You know what you're doing, Lord, and we don't because our thoughts are not your thoughts, Lord. But we thank you, Lord, that we have the opportunity today to take our focus off of that and put our focus on learning more about your word. Lord, we're going to use this as an uplifting time this one hour that we have. We're going to use it as an uplifting time, getting into your word, deep in, delving into your word, and getting to understand your word more that will keep us going, Lord, so that when the time comes again or whenever it comes up, we can give your word out, Lord. That's, that's the bottom line, and that's where we are going to stay focused, Lord. We just thank you for the word that's come forth. We thank you for everybody that's on this line. Keep us safe, Lord, and let us understand your word a little bit more, plant it in our hearts, our minds, and souls, Lord, so we can be more like you every day, no matter what. And it is in Jesus' name, Lord God, that we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. That was good. Now, Sister Jack, and mute her phone in it. It's a great pleasure to uh, come before you again. I wish we could see each other. But faith come by hearing, and hearing come by the word of God. It's kind of interesting to me. People always want to push uh, videos and, 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 and Facebook Live where people can see you. That's our problem. That is one of our problems. We're too busy looking and not hearing enough. And then when we're hearing, we're not listening. And when we're listening, we're listening to the wrong thing. You know, there's no benefit to seeing your teacher teach. It's benefit to hearing what your teacher has to say. So uh, there are times when I will do live video, but like I said, it's more important what we say than you seeing us. I mean, we're just in a visual world. Everybody wants to see something, but nobody's hearing anything. So I thank God for that prayer. So we're going to start today's Bible study in Psalms 1. Psalms 1. I pray that walking truth, you have been obedient and read Psalms 1 and started to meditate on that word. Um, before we start, I want to set the groundwork for Psalms. If you notice, Psalms 1 is not titled. Psalms 1 is not titled. And, and scholars argue over who wrote the Psalms, who actually wrote the Psalms, who, who is the one who penned the Psalms. Out of the first 41 Psalms, 38 are given to David and three are unpinned. Now, they argue about why it's unpinned. If it was Solomon, we know it would be read in the congregation. But... It could be just the author did not want to take credit for such a sublime, meaning holy thing. Uh, Jerome told us that, believed, and just stated it this way. This psalm is a preface. You know how you read a book? 
and you have the preface before the book and it kind of sets the stage for uh, the rest of the book. So this psalm and some scholars consider it not a psalm at all. They consider it not a psalm at all. So we want to endeavor to look at it as the door opening, the opening of the door by the Holy Spirit to the rest of the psalms, to the rest of the word of God. It's an introductory psalm. It's not necessarily a, 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 a psalm in itself that needs to be sung. But if you look at it, it sets the tone for the psalmist. The psalm is basically saying this. Jerome said it's a preface for the Holy Ghost. It's a preface for the Holy Ghost. It's a it's a beginning. It's a beginning. Like I say, you read a book, you have a preface. So it's a beginning to where we come into the knowledge and the spirit. So we prepare ourselves for the rest of the psalm by starting with this one. We also know that this psalm is a short psalm, but there's a lot to glean from it. There's a lot to get out of it. So we hope to dig out the issues and the prescription. And maybe we might get a word or two in our spirit from this psalm. So I'm going to read Psalm 1. And it starts off, and I would like to start off with this, Romans 15 and 4. Before we ever get started in Bible study, I want to get you, get to the reason why we do this. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. So these things are written, so we, through encouragement and endurance, we might have hope. So let's find the hope in this passage that we may go forward. Psalms 1, verse 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yield its fruit in the season and leaves does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Amen. So now we, we, we start off with uh, verse 1. And it tells us in verse one that blessings come to the man. Blessings come to the man. So it's better, a better rendering is blessing comes to the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. So we have, we have walk. We have stand, 
and we have I'm sorry we have walk we have stand and we have sitting we have walking we have standing and we have sitting so what what does that mean to walk in this way that a blessed man does not walk this way a blessed man does not have any thing to deal with those who walk in this way well the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of this ungodly person means that they do not tend to go the way they go. They don't have the thoughts they have. They don't move the way that they move. The psalmist is simply trying to tell us there's a difference between the godly and the ungodly. As we continue to read through the Psalms, you'll continue to see David unfold his life before God. And then David gives the answer to how God looks at what he's going through. God will always look at our deepest, darkest sin. But a man that is blessed, he does not carry himself before the wicked. He does not walk in the way of those who are not righteous. In Psalms 2 and 12, it tells us what a blessed man does. See, we have two contrasts in Psalms 1 and Psalms 2 and 12. We have a situation where the, the, that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. We have that again in Psalms 2.12. So there's a pattern of life that we find in the Psalms that set the stage for the rest of the Bible. And the pattern is holiness. The pattern is holiness. And we must walk in that way. The way of holiness. He does walk, not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. He does not have lot with or have partaking with those who are walking in ungodliness. Now, in today's time, that may be reflective in many different ways. It's the way you live out your life. So we're not talking about a natural walking of our two feet, even though the word we walk is how we live. But we're talking about how we live out our life. How do you conduct yourself day to day? Do you spend more of your time dealing and agreeing with the ungodly? In today's time, it's very popular to compromise and do so because what we look, the way we try to approach it is if I be like them, then I'll get a chance to convert them. But the Bible says, come out from among them. You have to be separate. You have to be peculiar. You have to give them an alternative. But a person who walks in the council of ungodly does not give them an alternative. You, you're just doing the same thing. And then we got to stand this. Not in the way of sinners. So you don't get in the way of sinners, meaning that your way. Again, we're talking about lifestyle. These are all different aspects of lifestyle. Before a saint falls, first he does, he walks with the sinner. He walks in, it walks with them. Then he stands with them. And then he eventually rests in them. And the resting is a, the level of compromise. You, you started walking with them. You started acting like them. You started being with them. You started hanging with them. And then you started standing with them. When you're standing, you're not moving. And when you're not moving, you're taking in. And then eventually you'll sit. You'll get comfortable. So when we as saints of God tend to relate ourselves and, 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 and call ourselves going to hang out with the ungodly instead of coming out from among them, we are a subject to whatever happens. And you say, well, pastor, how is that so? Well, we know that the Bible teaches us that men prefer darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. We know this. This is in the scriptures. This is in John 3, 19. The light has come into the world. 
Jesus Christ was a light. Man preferred darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. Job 14 and 16 tells us that, that man is full of trouble. That man born a woman is full of trouble. And Job 5 and 7 tells us that trouble comes to man as the sparks fly upward. This is the condition of man. We, in our natural state, do not walk upright. But we, under the power of the Holy Spirit and yielding to its standard of life and, and, and statutes, can walk a holy life. But it's by faith we do so. It's truly by faith we do so. We don't do it with the law looming over us. We do it with the cross behind us. We look at what Jesus did. Jesus was our sin bearer. He bared our sin. You know how we say the armor bearer bears the armor for the soldier that's going into war? Just as the armor bearer bears the, the armor of the soldier going to war and gives him what he needs to fight with, Jesus also bared our sins, but gives us what we need to fight with. And what he gives us to fight with is the armor of God, the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. So we do not stand. We do not sit and be still. We should walk away when ungodly things are happening. We should. One of the, one of the uh, uh, issues of today that we definitely see is too many saints, again, don't walk away. We stand there as if just us, because we preach this, we, we say this, we say, because we're in the room, the atmosphere change. Uh, well, I understand the sentiment, sentimentality where that comes from. But unless they unless they know that you are one of God's children and you willing to def defend the faith as God said you are, if you are sitting amongst the council, sta standing in with the sinners, then they will assume and consume you because you have to remember you once were a sinner. And you're saved by grace. But don't take grace to the level that you don't think that you can fall back. Sometimes out of our zeal of our salvation, we want to run back into the a hell hole we came out of and what ends up happening, the story about, hey, the demon came and the man ran him away and because the house was empty, he bought seven more back. That happens to a lot of Christians because out of the zeal of their salvation, the knowledge is not there yet. They have a zeal, they're excited, but it's not according to knowledge. Once you get saved, now it's time to get this knowledge so you won't stand. So you won't walk into the walk and walk and stand. So you won't sit and compromise. You'll go forward, but but you'll be able to do it from maturity. See, you have to remember the sanctification process is a mature process. A righteous man or woman goes through a mature process. And the way the Bible gives it to the church is through the pastors, teachers, apostles, evangelists, the fivefold ministry helps grow up the saint, the body. So we have to yield to the Holy Spirit as we're being taught so that we can grow up and be mature. But our natural inclination, because we prefer darkness, because we prefer darkness, is to fall back and walk and stand and sit. The sitting... Not in the council and not in the seat of the scoffers. What he meant by that was you, you and we've all experienced this. You have people who make fun of you, don't you? You have people who scoff at you. You have people who don't believe in the God that you believe in. You have people who don't believe in your faith. 
You have people who watch you say one thing and do another, and you may cause them to scoff. Remember the scripture talked about the fact that God's name is blasphemed because of you. The Gentiles blaspheme God. People are watching you. So if you walk, stand, and now compromise and start sitting, then the people are going to say, your God is not as strong as your flesh. Your God is not as strong as your desire. But then you'll say, well, you know what you'll say. You'll say, look, we all sin and fall short of the glory of God. Yes, we do. You'll say, there's none righteous, no, not one. Yes, it is. But we don't wear those statements as a reason to sin. Shall we continue in sin that the grace of those statements should abide? No, we shall not continue in sin because we're dead to it. Sin has no more dominion over you. So you shouldn't be walking, standing, and especially not sitting with people who scoff at you and who you are. Yes, you're going to be challenged. You're going to be persecuted. That's one thing. But I've watched saints who are actually afraid to stand up and say they saints, depending on the group they're in. They'll let debauchery happen all around them, and they'll just sit there. And the per and there's people who knows that they call themselves Christians, they call themselves followers of Jesus Christ, but yet and still they have fear because they don't want to be ridiculed, they don't want to be scoffed at, they don't want to be talked about. But it's a badge of honor to suffer for Christ's sake. I know most of you want to get along with everybody. I get that. But when it comes to your Lord and your salvation and their salvation, you have to draw a line in the sand. I've been teaching and saying that over and over again until you get it. Anytime the line is drawn in the sand, the closest one to that line is going to be disrupted. The closest one to that line is going to have a fluxation because they are being challenged on where they're at. So when people scoff at you, you dig your heels in and stand. You stand firm in the faith. You don't let people tell you that you and your faith and your God is not true. We have a situation now because people don't study their Bible. They're saying that the devil brought this um, plague. It's a plague on the world. Well, I challenge anyone in the Bible to show me where the devil brought on the plague. The last time I checked, in uh, uh, Jesus, I mean, God brought on the 10 plagues of Egypt himself. And why did he bring the plague on the people? Because they started walking, they started standing, and they started sitting. The people, the nation, the, the nation of Egypt challenged God by holding God's people under bondage. Well, the next time the pestilence came and the sword came, big was Nebuchadnezzar. He called Nebuchadnezzar my servant. He told them that I'm going to send you in captivity for 70 years and that you'll get out when I want you to get out. And that your sword, your strength, your ability will not get you out. It'll be by my choice, <clears throat> my way, so I can get the glory. So in this short psalm, we have a warning. We have a, 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 a antagonist way of looking at things. The blessed person does not do something. A lot of times you've been told what not to do to encourage you to do. So if we look at it in a positive way, the blessed person walks in the counsel of the godly.
the blessed person stands in the council of the righteousness. The, the blessed person sits with those who don't mock God. You got to you got to be careful, saints, who you around. I know that we supposed to try to win, supposed to try to win the world, but you win the world by presenting the gospel. The devil is a liar. The Bible tells us that. So what the devil does is try to get you to shut up and not tell the truth. The sin of his omission is just as great as the sin of not speaking the truth in God, because when you have the opportunity to speak the truth, we shrink back. And because we shrink back, God has to do something to push us. And throughout history of the Bible, it's always been a negative thing that he had to bring upon us to push us, one, to our knees, and two, to open our mouths. If you think about it, by some admission in walking truth, you pray more now than you ever prayed in your entire life. Why? Because we're being pushed. We're being pushed. Now you say, well, Pastor, I never walk, I never sit, I never, I never, uh, uh, I never walk, I never stand, I never sit in the council and the with the wicked. But if you really think about it, the battle now is not with people outside of you, but the wickedness that's inside of ourselves. Do you have these wicked thoughts? Do you let them fester in you to the point you end up doing them or carrying them out? Because nobody can see you now. Nobody knows. You could put on. A, a face one day and then act different the next. So we have two different ways to look at things, but God is starting off with this preface like, this is what is real. The righteous do not do this. So you have to examine yourself to see if you're in the faith. These are moral things. Do you spend a lot of times courting and carousing and, and, and encouraging the wicked? And if you do, your testimony becomes null and void. A lot of times our testimony is not uh, effective because the wicked watch us as we walk, stand, and sit. And this psalm is broken into two parts. Now we got that part, now let's go to the second part. And it says, over in verse 4, it tells us, the wicked, now we have the wicked. What the righteous don't do, let's see what the wicked does. The wicked are not are not so, but are like chaff. What is chaff? Well, think about um, wheat, the way they used to do wheat. They would lift the weed in the air and the chaff would fly out, fly away from the wheat. And the kernel, what is usable, would fall to the ground. So this chaff, and then what they would do is, as the chaff blew away, they would gather it and they would burn it. They would use it as fuel. So the wicked are not so because they're not prosperous, but are like the chaff. The wind drives away. God's wind of holiness drives the chaff away. When you stand for God. The Bible tells us resist the devil and he shall flee. So when you walk with God, you stand for God you sit with God, then it'll help drive the devil away like the wind. It'll help drive the evil away. Sometimes, have you noticed when you really are pursuing God and having that relationship with him that he wants to have with us, that people can't stand to be around you? And they'll say stuff like, 
You think you this. You think you that. You think you so. Because all they can remember is when you were a sinner. All they can remember is when you were in darkness and not in light. All they can remember is when you did walk, stand, and sit. But now you're different. And what they want to do is drive you back to that time that you were just like them. But you're not like them. You're separated now. You're in Christ Jesus. And when you're in Christ Jesus, the wicked will blow away in the wind. The wind, the Holy Spirit. When you're walking in the Spirit, it's not about casting spells, but having a conduct of life that people will see and notice that you're living in holiness. That you're walking upright before men. That you're doing all that God has called you to do. This is how we move. And then it's in verse 5 it says, Therefore the wicked, we have the wicked again, will not stand in the judgment. Now you might say, well pastor, that don't make sense. Aren't, there, aren't they going to get judged? Well, the best rendering is the wicked will not stand up in the judgment. They will not have their way in the judgment. They will not be able to come to God and say anything in the judgment. They will have to deal with it. They will have to deal with the judgment as it comes. They will have to deal with the fact that God is now judging them. They will not be able to get away with it. They will have to stand before God. So no, they won't be able to stand in the judgment. They will be knocked down in the judgment. They will be cast out in the judgment. They will be exposed in the judgment. Do you see what I'm saying? It's not a matter of them not standing in the judgment. They're not standing because they will be knocked down. So you don't have to worry about who gives the judgment. Jesus is going to be the judge. So you don't have to judge them. They've already judged themselves. You say, Pastor, well, how have they judged themselves? Because they didn't believe upon the Lord Jesus, they have judged themselves. God doesn't send really anybody to hell. To this thing called perdition. They don't send people. People make choices of not accepting God's love, his grace, and his mercy. Isn't it quite fascinating that nobody escapes his grace and his mercy and nobody will escape his judgment? What I mean by this is, Every day, sinner and saint alike reigns on the just and the unjust alike. They breathe, they do, they prosper, they move forward. But in yet and still, they, those who are wicked, get the same benefits you do. They get the same air you breathe. They get the same water you drink. Some of them have better houses than you. Some of them have relatively better lives than you have. But the one thing that they're going to get that you're not going to get is that judgment that's going to not make them stand. See, when you come before God, you don't stand on your own. You stand in Christ. When they become before God, they have to come with their works as compared to their wickedness. And we know that that won't stand. That's the folly of the wicked. They believe in their hearts that they can come before God and say, look at good that I've done. But God searches the depths of a man's heart and he will judge them accordingly. So you who are the saints of God, you're not the wicked. Because you don't stand, you don't, you don't, you don't walk, you don't sit, you don't move as they move. Even though it looks like you do sometimes because you're in the world, but you're not of the world. Your motives are different 
for doing what you do. You're not doing what you do because you want to show God what you're doing. You're doing what you do, whatever good it is, because God has been good to you. Two different motives. You're doing it as a servant. A lot of them doing it to be served. You get it? You do stuff as a servant, a cross bearer. Think about that heavy cross. Jesus couldn't even stand up when he bore the cross. So when you bear the cross, you won't be able to stand. Not to man, but guess what? You're standing before God. So in this passage, I'm seeing the difference between a righteous man and a wicked person. A wicked person won't be able to stand before the judgment. A wicked person will be blown away by the powers of the Holy Spirit. But the righteous man will stand. The righteous man will walk. The righteous man will sit. And that's a beautiful thing to think about. That your security is in Christ Jesus and that you will do the walking, the standing, and the sitting because you are in Christ Jesus. Remember right now, where is Jesus? Sitting on the right hand side of God having all power. That's where he's at. And remember when Stephen got in trouble, he stood up. And Stephen didn't even feel the rocks that was hitting him. Glory to God that as we walk through this life as children of God, there are going to be rocks thrown at you that you may not even feel. You might not even know what's because you're doing as God has called you to do. You're walking by this thing called faith. You're believing in that, that God raised Jesus from the dead. You believe that he said that even though your sins may be as scarlet, they will be as white as snow. He has bore your sins so that you can walk upright. But there lies the problem. Grace. Grace is a big problem with the saints. Because grace does allow the fact for you to make the right decision or the wrong decision. He gives you mercy when you don't make the right decision because then you deserve chastisement or really with mercy, you deserve his wrath. But because you're his child, he's going to forego his wrath. Think about insulting, how insulting that is to Jesus when one of his children, one of the blood-bought saints, one of the adopted, openly commits sin and doesn't repent. Think how, how, how hurting that is to God. That he sent his son to die for you. That sin would have no dominion over you. He's saying that you can walk upright under the power of the Holy Spirit. Does it mean perfect? Of course not. There's not a man in the Bible other than Jesus is perfect. But you can walk upright. You can stand with those who are godly. You can sit and congregate and be with those who are godly. It says in verse 5, Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. They won't be numbered amongst us. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. God knows the way. What did Jesus say? I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through by him. And he knows the way of the wicked. He has, he has laid it out for you. So as we go through this book of Psalms and walk through it step by step, we find ourselves comparing the way we should go, the way we do go, and the way God wants us to go. I'm going to say it again. 
the way we go, the way we should go, and the way God wants us to do. Because you know, sometimes the way we go is not the way God wants us to go. And let's be honest, a lot of times, um, we don't go the way God has caused us to go. We go the way we want to go. And, and most of the time, and even with our knowing the word of God, we find we fall short daily, don't we? We all fall short of the glory of God. But if we find the way, which is through Jesus, if we humble ourselves before the mighty hand of God and understand in due season, that fruit that was talked about being bared can be bared. Your tree can be fruitful in due season with the pruning and the chastisement of God. Hello, this is Pastor Jay. I'm excited to invite you to come over to listen to our broadcast on YouTube. Yes, Walk in True Christian Fellowship Church on YouTube. We have some great videos over there and you'll be able to listen to all the lessons and the podcast. So again, subscribe, like, and continue to comment and listen. This is Pastor Jay. Talk to you later. Peace.